And welcome to another episode of the NASCast. Now we are in the episode number 10. And well, just to remember, we are Angle NASCast and it's a podcast about science, technology, and mostly simulation. So, well, I hope that you have enjoyed this past, um, past podcast. Uh, we have to clarify some things uh, in the episode number 8. We... Um, we made that um, that podcast after the podcast number nine, but well, we have liberated because just to have the um, to have the um, the news regarding the RIA and also with the interview with Sarah uh, to have the news and also you can participate in the activities that they are doing. The they are continuing doing. Um, I've I read this this day, which is uh, which is sixth of July or seventh of July. And well, they are continuing with the with the oh, oh with the lottery regarding the telescope. So well, you can still participate. Just send us an email, and well, also you can contact them contact her directly using the RIA page so well that's all the news that we have in this part so well we are here um, we are the the team my other host please present hey here's the fan okay here's <laughs> yeah so well and also Elon Loza and well, this week we have uh, some news. I don't know wha who want to start this week. Okay, me first. Uh, uh, I have a new about uh, Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. This is about uh, the FA conference it, that it takes every year. Uh, this conference is about how uh, Facebook developed all his so yeah, yeah his technology. So uh, news is about uh, that uh, Max Zuckerberg released a new plan for ten years, uh, who explained uh, 
what is the next step for Facebook. So to assolate the rise of augmented reality like uh, VR and uh, AR. <laughs> uh, the VR? Uh, basically, uh, yeah, yeah, the VR. Uh, like Octopus VR. This technology. Basically, it's a set of tools for outside developers to build arguments related apps that you can access for next for the existing uh, Facebook apps camera that would theoretically open the door for Facebook to host the next phenomenon like uh, Pokemon Go. You know that you have to walk or run on the street and see the Pokemon. Everyone was crazy last year for that application. So, Mark Zuckerberg said that we don't need a physical TV. We can buy a $1 app TV and put it on the wall and watch it. So, it's actually pretty amazing when you think about how much of the physical stuff we have doesn't need to be physical. And that makes sense. Assuming you are into the, the idea of wearing a computer on your face, and you are okay with Facebook, intermediating everything you see and hear, glitches and all. The problem of this naturally is that the huge uh, chunks of the world economy hints on production of phones, TVs, tablets, and all of this, the other thing that Facebook think could be replaced with this technology. So everything that have a screen maybe disappear in the next 10 years if Facebook have a good uh, technology for development. Yes, yes, that will actually um, before on the in the past years the there was the Google Glasses and well I think it's um is kind of similar to the this kind the technology because what I, what I remember is that you can open applications regarding the Google Glasses. Yeah well, well in this news doesn't talk about how specific technology is the development so uh, in another news, maybe you can see a video about the Facebook and it's developing a VR technology. But uh, I mean, well, in my opinion, I think the AR technology is the best option for Facebook because uh, you can be free with your hands or maybe you can walk in the street where you are watching Facebook in, with your maybe glasses like uh, Google Glass so like uh, VR is doesn't mean that you have to stay in a place and move in the virtual world so for me it's an advantage uh, AR technology I hope we have um, video games in that similar to Resident Evil 7 that was for VR from PlayStation or maybe Battlefield I don't know <laughs> uh, well, I don't know well maybe I saw maybe 
uh, freak. <laughs> because if you watch the last movie of Sao, the War Arrow, right? It's talk about uh, that kind of technology that AR that you suppose are in the real world. Uh, you only wear a, a gadget in your hairs. So is able to uh, show all the holographics, no, I don't know, animals, uh, states, whatever. So maybe like that, I imagine that uh, the technology of Facebook will have to be. We have to wait a little bit, maybe one, two years to see the technology developed. <laughs> And well, maybe uh, all I think almost in years for seeing in uh, in a more commercial way. But well, uh, was was your week, Hazel? <clears throat> well, for this week, I have the update um, from the companies of Elon Musk. You know, small companies. And the fr in first place, mm, yeah. The, The first place is for uh, Tesla, who is releasing, just releasing the Model S3 at the end of this month, and they are building like 30 vehicles and keeping the trend of the old manufacturers. They are selling these cars to the people who are working in SpaceX, all the other companies of Elon. In the next month, The next month, the, he's thinking about uh, growing expon exponentially, like one one thousand vehicles. So it's gonna be cool. And the other thing, um, you know, SpaceX, this company, who's um, making the space cheaper. But I didn't know how cheaper was that. Until I found this article, um, it basically shows how much the, the military, how big is the, the budget in the military stuff. So they, they show us this um, project in which they are spending like 400 millions of dollars um, for for a satellite and if they contract SpaceX they are just going to spend 65 million dollars it's the the savings is it's almost 300 million dollars it's a lot I I never had the this data but it's amazing for me <laughs> Yes, actually, it's like um, uh, five times the the amount of money that you, that they are saving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So well, that th that's impressive uh, regarding that. But one of the things that I don't know if they can launch big satellites. Uh, Because well, it, mm, 
Well, I don't know if they can uh, launch big satellites or they, they are only using for, I don't know, CubeSats, CanSats, that kind of um, less... Yeah, they're of launching uh, big satellites like the size of a car. They already done it this week. I think today or yesterday the Falcon 9 just deployed, just um, lifted off uh, in Cape Canaveral. Yeah. yeah, but uh, other thing that I'm concerned a little bit is about or regarding the technology that will now will be private. Because, well, at the end of the day, um, the military stuff uh, generally at the end of the day comes to the normal people, for example, the Velcro, the um, and that kind of technology that is that is duty that is using the airspace but now we will see some patents that will that will be well belong to to the SpaceX community only will we 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 may have to pay that kind of well the use for patents yeah yeah so i i hadn't think about that you, you're right. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's cheaper uh, in certain way. I don't know if every enterprise could uh, send uh, something in fifty, no, uh, seventy-five million dollars. I don't know. Yeah, maybe countries. Meh. Well, that's other. Uh, well, yes, we we have to see. Well, I'm going to continue with the weeks. Um, this week uh, I had a new regarding Boston Dynamics and also a not known or well-known company that makes robots. Uh, it's, a little, it's a little company. Well, <laughs> well, regarding the personalities in the, in the in the past years. So, well, Boston Dynamics. Uh, maybe you have heard about them. They are doing very interesting things with uh, uh, regarding robots. And what is new is the, the this model that is a new rolling leaping robot. So the past prototypes were were inspired more in, in the animal world, also for the humans. They have these two feet. Um, a robot also some inspiration regarding the maybe some zebras, antelopes, that kind of animals. But well, now they are launching uh, without the use without the use of 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 feeds of normal feeds. They are using the uh, they are using wheels. And well, uh, if you can see the the videos regarding this this new robot well it's incredibly controlled uh, they i don't know how they do this kind of things the robot can jump is for example the handle research robot is the five the five no 6.5 uh, feet uh, can travels uh, nine miles per hour can jump 
four feet, uh, more than one meter. So well, this that's kind of impressive regarding these kind of robots. And well, um, other thing that I was regarding about this company, they started in a DARPA challenge about the about robotics competition. But what I didn't know is that in 2014 it was acquired by Google X. Then it was vied by VTK Mac, and then it's it belongs to a Japanese um, enterprise called Softbank, Softbank Group. Uh, officially, or what I can see, it, there is no a specific CEO of this company, but well, they are doing very interesting things regarding regarding the well yeah regarding the the robotics and with i hope that with the um, this new acquisition uh, of the japanese one softbank group was was actually uh, this vote happened in the 8th of june of 2017 so it's in this year only one month the of that new so well we have to wait to see um regarding this company that is very interesting so well uh i don't know you do have any comments yeah i didn't know they they were acquired by a japanese company yeah yeah Japanese, they are also very good with robots. Maybe they can be, they can build another, another wonder. Yes, I, I want to see what they, what they will do next. So well, let's see. <laughs> do you know any application for this robot uh, or the new says or something like that? Uh, for this new. Uh, I didn't. I don't know for a specific application because it can carry things, it can jump things. What, as far as I know, the DARPA challenge was for a military application. So, what I can think is that they are developing something with the military, with the militaries. So. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I knew it. That is, uh, uh, well, the target of this is robot is a military application. But I think it maybe can be another application, like like the Japanese are focusing in AIDS and well, in helping uh, people who ha has problems in their health, like. Uh, old people, maybe. Yes, I, I have. Um, maybe they can do that also because Japan is common with some natural disasters, uh, earthquakes, and that kind of stuff. So it could be a good way to to help the rescuers. So well, I hope that they do something different. 
And we'll continue with the parts of the introductions. Uh, what quote do you have this week, Asel? Well, continuing with small companies, I have this from us from this CEO, Enzo, called Enzo Ferrari. Maybe you know him. Well, at least you have heard about it, about him. It says aerodynamics are for people who can build engines. What do you think about it? Uh, first of all, a small company, they only used to make trucks. <laughs> well, but, well, but joke. Yes, um, aerodynamics are for people who can build engines. Well, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Listen my opinion. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was well, whatever. Yeah, no, I think that maybe it's a well, in my opinion, it's not at all uh, true about this topic because, as we know, uh, our, like, automatic application like Formula One or maybe cars is more important uh, than aerodynamic than other things because if you have about uh, design in aerodynamic maybe is counterproducent that you have a good motor yeah actually that's that's kind of true uh, and well maybe it was in the era that they were developing cars because uh, because they were big, big machines with uh, big engines they have a really good aerodynamic design, but well, you can push forward your desi your designs in order to achieve um, more and more uh, speed only with the use of engines. But with the pass of the time, well, we are now um, more more interesting in fuel economy and that kind of stuff. So I think we are mixing these concepts regarding aerodynamics and, and engines but well maybe was a was an opinion in that era yeah considering that era I think aerodynamics were not um, very well maybe maybe he couldn't see the potential that aerodynamics can make uh, a better car yeah, maybe it could be that. So, well, I think that's all for the parts of the introduction. Let's go to the topic of the week. Sweet. Sweet to me. Ooh, sugar. You're so sweet. Sweet to me. 
We are back with the topic of the week and as you noticed in the past podcast we have some relationships between the quote of the week and the and the topic. So regarding hydrodynamics we I don't I don't recall if we have talked about this in the English version but in the Spanish version we we have talked about the aerodynamic characterization. But now in this podcast we will talk about as a specific way to characterize um, these uh, aerodynamic coefficients. So one way to do it is using a wind tunnel. And well, in the definition is a wind tunnel is a tool used in aerodynamic research to study the effects of air moving past solid objects. A wind tunnel consists of a tubular passage with the object under test mounted in the middle. So the air is made to move past the object by a powerful fan system and the other means. So also the test object, often called a wind tunnel model, is instrumented with suitable sensors for to measure the aerodynamic forces, pressure distribution, and other aerodynamic relictic uh, characteristics. So this is more or less the well. This is the definition. Is only a tube. When you pass air, you have your your model that you want to study. It could be um, uh, a car. Could be a also could be uh, a building, and especially an aircraft, a rocket. Well, you can use in different ways. But well, this is the definition. But what, what comes, or what are the parts that belongs to a wind tunnel? More, so I don't know who can answer that questions. <laughs> well, the principal parts of the uh, wind tunnel maybe is going to be the generator room that is connected to a fan motor. So this fan uh, produces a stream and it passes for uh, screens. These screens concentrate the stream in uh, airflow. So uh, it's supposed that airflow uh, uh, covers the model and the control room. So in where, where you can see the um, behavior of this model. At the end, uh, the turbulence uh, pass all again in the fan, so it's a closed circuit. We can, we can be able to repeat the experiments many times. Yeah, as you mentioned, well, this is uh, for a particular kind of of or type of of wind tunnel. But well, at the end of the day, how how does it work? Because we have these components, we have air. But what what does it does? Well, yeah. Um, as Sergio said, depending on the model of the wind tunnel, the air is blown or sucked through a duct 
equipped with a viewing port and instrumentation where models or geometrical shapes are mounted for study. Um, typically, the air is moved through the tunnel using a series of fans. For every large wind tunnel, several meters in diameter, a single f large fan is not practical. And so, instead, uh, they built arrays of, of multiple fans, and they are used in parallel to provide uh, an old airflow. Due to the sheer volume and speed of air movement required, the fans may be powered by stationary turbofan engines rather than electric motors. Yeah, well, uh, I just one 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 important thing regarding the white tunnel is that you have to control the the flow the flow of air. Because what what you want most of times is to have um, uh, certain streamlines, which are which are parallel between between these streamlines. Do you do you don't want um, turbulence flux or tur turbulent flow in the in the section area? But well, now now becomes uh, an, an interesting thing when we talk about wind tunnels because how can you relate the actual in real size model with your scale model this become interesting because at the end of the day if you have a big wind tunnel you may maybe have a, uh, an area of I don't know one one meter per square one well one yes one meter squared and the only part that you can use in the wind tunnel is, in, is only 30 centimeters because well you have some phenomena on the walls of the of the wind tunnel also you have to choose certain parameters uh, that we that we will talk about this so there are three important parameters for similarity. What actually are coefficients in fluid dynamics? For example, we have the Reynolds number, which are a relationship between inertia and viscous forces. The forces of inertia is the en the amount of energy that you have in the in the flow is how much speed you are introducing to your system, and well, the viscous forces. Uh, mostly of time we will use in wind tunnels is air, but also you can use different types of gases, and also there is another types of of wind of tunnels that are called hydrodynamic tunnels. So well, is here when the Reynolds numbers are interesting. So another number that you want to check is the Mach number that are force of inertia, uh, a relationship of force of inertia and elastic force. What is, at the end of the day, is only the speed of sound, most commonly known, and also the throat number. The throat number is a relationship between the inertial forces and the gravity force. But we, ha we need to have a 
different applications or why is important these kind of numbers. For example, in experiments where the front number is important is when we have dynamic tests or where the model is in movement for aerodynamic forces that exist. We have two types of experiments regarding this number. I mean, we have static test and then dynamic test. In static test, we can obtain the, the aerodynamic coefficients in the six degrees of freedom, which is uh, lift, drag, roll, and that kind of stuff. But when we are doing uh, a, a better characterization of our models, we need other parts that are called control and stability uh, derivatives. This appears uh, and are inherent of the system, and well, in the way that you can characterize is using dynamic tests, and for this kind of stuff, the fraud number is important. Also, for example, when we when the model remains stationary, which is the static version, well. The, the Reynolds and the Mach numbers are important. For example, we will use the Mach number of characterization when we are doing at high speeds and when we are using Reynolds number is when we are trying to simulate a low speeds of uh, flight in this, in this kind of things. But well, this is the the important parameters. There are some equations that that will define the the size of the model. Also depends on the usable area of the wind tunnel. But well, we can discuss that later in another podcast. But well, these uh, these are the parameters that we have to see. But as we previously mentioned, there are other types of wind tunnels. To what are these types of tunnels? Yeah, um, we can classify them by the airspeed relation. We we can talk about upper return wind tunnels, and the air is taken direct, taken directly from from the atmosphere, and after it will uh, after it. Being passed through the test chamber, it will return to the environment. The other one is the closed return wind tunnel. As the name, as the name says, the, the air circulates several times through the through the chamber. Uh, it never interchange uh, air the environment or maybe it does but really a really small amount and we can classify them by the speed they use for example subsonic uh, from zero to point a mag and so some literature say that it's point seven but let's say it's point eight and transonic from 0.8 to 1.2 
So, well, it's actually a specific type of wind tunnel when we are using the hyperson well, the supersonic uh, analysis. But actually, well, um, as we mentioned in, mentioned previously, there are so many applications. What are the applications of the wind tunnels? Uh, well, the original application of wind tunnel is uh, well are very flight analysis, practical flight analysis stability uh, to trust propel and propulsive systems, uh, automatic aeroacoustics, uh, maybe simulating weather, sports, antenna radio transceivers. Uh, to simulate the environment like the boundary layer of the earth uh, lots of buildings etc yes one I think one what we are using uh, this kind of stuff is for aerodynamic characterization mostly um, mostly in aircrafts also out some vehicles also is used in ships also there is some interaction regarding the 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 water and the and the air and well we have different coefficients in that in that kind of analysis but well that's our uses but at the end of the day we have there exist different techniques to the to do these kind of characterizations but well for example uh, we have the smoke which are the use of of literary smokes you are liberated in the streamline and well you can see the streams or the lines of the flux of the flow and if it's laminated, well, you will see that the that the body is fully covered with this this air. There is no uh, turbulence at the end of the part or at the beginning of the model. So this is important to see how does it behave the flux. For example, if we have a sedan model of a um, of a car, you can see that at the lift gate. Well, the tailgate, you will see that there is some turbulence accumulated at the end of the car, just because it's the shape of the of this kind of, oh, well, this just aerodynamics. And you want to reduce this because you will generate some drag, and well, that's the study for for the of of the streamlines. But there is also another. Uh, character section methods so I don't know what what other methods exist yeah for example tufts are applied to a model and remain attached during uh, testing and 
tops can be used to gauge airflow patterns and flow separation. Let's take the same example that you were talking um, a set of modeling that has this um, shape like very very sharp and the tops are attached to the, to the surface but in the separation the separation section of the flow the, the tops are going to be like spoiling like dancing and in the other parts they are going to be really really attached to the, to the surface yeah actually there is another interesting experiment regarding this is well uh, in a video uh, uh, some some people put these these tufts in the in the wing of an airplane, and well they they were flying normally in a cruise uh, state, and well the line the tufts were well were aligned with the wind, but they then they made a maneuver when they become to stall, and well you can see how the turbulence and this loose of loose of lift in the tips of the well in the body of the wings so well it's interesting to see these waves and the behavior of tops so well the, also what other te techniques exist well uh, the focus or research uh, science about these uh, tunnel winds is analytic that is part of the theory of aerodynamics it has an important ro role in research the antecedents uh, and if you if you see this focus you will be able to appreciate the all possible results that is not enough uh, if you need to compare the results with, uh, no, with um, a software. The other focus is experimental. This is used for the computers uh, using the white tunnel and improves the, the mechanical flight of the model for say something uh, stop 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, actually there is uh, some computational stuff regarding the CFD uh, do you have any news in that as well yeah, yeah. Honest, honest. Um, real, 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 real,
real uh, real uh, real equations for some turbulence models are you can find these terms in CFD like direct American solution East large grants which stands for and I think we yeah so well regarding that in in the in the computational stuff well as you mentioned there is the direct numerical solution also the large eddy simulations and well the Reynolds average Reynolds average Navier Stokes equation. So this is regarding some CFD, and also well, there is some other turbulence models that, that are used using this. At the end of the day, what do we have to do when we are doing some characterization and to improve the the uh, well? At, at the end of the day, we have to validate each of these uh, uh, methods regarding with the experimental test because well uh, as uh, Sergio mentioned well analytics they have their own constraints because sometimes the or well mostly of the books what are, what they are trying to do or what they are doing is using some potential flows or potential fluxes so at the so you are disregarding some viscous themes, also temperature. Well, at the, end of the end of the day, the experimental things are each one of the most important things to do when we are doing uh, aerodynamic characterization. And well, we only use wind tunnels to reduce the amount, the amount of the hours of, for example, of light or reducing the testing rounds so and also it helps to control the conditions but well uh, I think that's all for the topic I don't know if you have uh, any other comment regarding this well about the characterization methods I think we miss like evaporating suspensions, which are simply a mixture of some sort of fine powder talc, or maybe clay mixed into a liquid with a low latent heat of, of evaporation. And when the wind is turned on, the liquid, the liquid quickly evaporates, leaving behind the clay in a pattern characteristic of the airflow. Another technique is shielding. It's just like uh, an optical technique to visualize the changes in density for shock waves in uh, fluid. Uh, I think you, are, you already have seen this in, in documentary on the aircraft uh, and spacecraft re-entering the Earth. 
Yeah. Uh, so, well, there is also what you mentioned, the, the fog technique. Uh, you mentioned the Schlieren technique? No. Yep. Yep. So, well, uh, well, I don't know if there is any other comment. No. No. No, well, I think we can go to the last part of the podcast. We are back uh, with the last part of the podcast. Uh, we have some advices regarding the. You can uh, leave us questions if you have any comment regarding the topic or one of the topics that we had in the past episodes of the NASCAST. So you can choose whatever you want about science, technology, or simulation. We can uh, try to answer in the next podcast or well you we can we can do that kind of stuff but also we we have some services um not most not mostly applicable for english version but well we have some traduction regard about um, text in russian spanish or english we can use combination of that or if you want in a specific language we can traduce it that kind of text So also we have some computer services, for example CAE, for your business, uh, doing MDO, optimization, that kind of stuff, we can help you. Uh, well, that's for the English version. Also you can follow us in our social networks. We are in Facebook as Nice NAS Simulation. Please give us a like. Also you can find us on Twitter. Uh, How how you can find us on Twitter? Nas, Nas Connection. 
Okay, you can uh, follow us as NAS Connection. Also, you can send us an email regarding one of the topics if you have any question or if you want one of our services. Well, you can send us an email to uh, nas.connection. Uh, ah, no. nas.connection at gmail.com. So, well, you can send us that an email. Also, you can see our webpage. That which is nassimulation.blogspot.com.mx So, well, now we are in the parts of the recommendations. What do you have this week to recommend? Yeah, for this week, um, there is an article in Mid Technology Review, and this article deals with talk about um, talks about the hybrid employees this term is used for people who who has a who has a training and but is working in another thing and in the example that they expose is is about a, a guy who, who got a major in chemistry he got a master's in chemistry he did a in chemistry and, and also a postdoctorate. Now he's working on data, data science, and he's really good. So my recommendation is that um, learn a, another ability to to be more employable. It will change your mind. So. That's very much. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you search. What do you have to recommend? Uh, well, I will recommend a uh, documentary. The documentary is uh, it's about uh, how our informatic and security is uh, um, well, vulnerable. Vulnerable. So uh, it's called hack. Hack me if you can. Uh, a film by Jim Marshall reference. It's a French uh, documentary. It's an interesting documentary where you can notice how is how uh, easy is uh, maybe steal your information in, in internet. It sounds interesting. Well, this week uh, uh, I will recommend you a YouTube channel which is for Tony Fishers. If you like uh, the the Ruby Cubes, well, he's a model of the Ruby Cubes. He he's kind he, he's famous in the world of Ru of the Rubik. He has some some cubes. Uh, also, he made some auctions in his videos, so you can buy something, and special editions, or well, you can check it. So also, he has a, a specific video when he is molding and uh, Petamix, uh, I think is the name. And well, he has this dodecahedron, dodecahedron, and well, he start 
making him in a bowl. So well, please check it his his video when he's doing that. It's very interesting. So well, I think that's my recommendation. And I think that's all for this uh, episode of Nascas. I, I don't know if you have any comments, any thoughts. No, no, no. Well. Uh, see you the next episode of the NASCAST. See you.